Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, Four Worlds Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lise. I am again, gratefully here with Rabbi Charna Rosenholtz and Rabbi Ben Newman. Hi, guys. How are you? Good morning. Morning. So this week, we are going to be exploring the Parsha Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. And this Parsha talks about actually the end of the life, the death of Sarah, our matriarch. What can we learn for our lives and for the world from the death of Sarah? Well, often we look at the verses describing her death and the time after as the basis of Jewish mourning and burial practices, and they are. But there's something else I would like to talk about today, starting here with chapter 23, verses two and three. It is written, Sarah died in Kiryat Arba, now Hebron, in the land of Canaan, and Abraham proceeded to mourn for Sarah and to bewail her. In the Hebrew, the words are livkot, to cry, to, to, to cry for her, and also to the word lispod, which is related to hesped, to eulogize her. Then, vayakom Avraham, Avraham rose up, me'al p'nei me'to, from the face of his dead, and spoke to the Hittites. And it goes on into verse four of how he went to do the very first and next mitzvah, which is to bury Sarah. Now in our tradition, we bury and then we become official mourners, which is interesting to discuss. But again, I wanna focus on something else. So what I wanna focus on here is the verb Avraham got up, rose up from the face of his dead. What does this mean? He's just been in deep, deep grief. He's not in his world, his life. He's not even really in himself. When we are deeply grieving the loss of a loved one, whether it's sudden or not expected or not, we are asked here in tradition, we're given the model of going so deep into the story of that loved one that we almost lose ourselves and become part of them in a way. And then there's another stage to our grieving. In this case, we see Avraham getting up, going up, separating from, in a sense, from death itself, from his beloved Sarah. What that makes possible in my own experience when we move sort of back into our lives and do what's next, what the mitzvah of the moment is in our mitzvah-centered living, what it means to me is, interestingly, not so much leaving our loved one behind, but relating to them from a different proximity, from a place of separation, we can then engage in a deep conversation and, in, and a new way of integrating and understanding kind of the new location, if you will, the new form of our beloved one. And that happened to me recently with my dad where I realized that I could talk to him, that he is indeed separate from me now. I'm so profoundly separated from him, but he is so profoundly present in my life when I can just do it, just talk to him. And so I think this verse points to what 
can become possible when we reach a new stage of grieving. And of course, we know grief goes in stages. And these verses, and it's important to say, are not just chronological, but they're different stages that can happen all within the time of, of grieving and of the integration of the death of a beloved. Reb Charna. Um, thank you. That's really beautiful. I think uh, this sense of Vyakom, you know, that rising up, I, I imagine, I just imagine him so attached to her that when she died, a part of him was dead. And that really has me wonder, um, what did he lose when Sarah died? Why was it so devastating? What part of himself did she lose? And we get hints of that when we find out at the very end of the Parsha that when Rivka came, she filled the tent, Sarah's tent, back with light, which suggests that the essential thing that was gone when she died was that light, that light in that tent. And what might, one might even say the light of chesed, that, um, that she took away that light of chesed and Avraham was so devastated that he fell into that place of her his uh into that place of being dead with her um you know they say that sarah was responsible for that light in the tent that she was responsible for a cl the cloud of shekhinah around her and the midrash also says for the for the most amazing bread and and um and once she let she was gone and that was gone and avraham that's why he fell into such a dark place. And here's something that I wonder, how did he relate to that emptiness? How did he process it? Um, what was the hole in his life? And certainly in Isaac's as well. Did he speak with her like you suggest was possible? Did Isaac have that relationship? It's not necessarily something we know. It's something I'm curious about. And one last thing I want to say, because they call this the life of Sarah, yet it's about her death. And it's a reminder that our end, the end of our life, sometimes our lives become most re relevant as we are reflected in the ones who, are, who love us and the ones who have been left behind. So I'm reminded of a, of a, verse from Ecclesiastes, uh, the day of our death is better than the day of our birth. Uh, and this idea that um, your life meaning doesn't really come clear until the end. Uh, and even at that point, it's unclear what the meaning of your life is uh, and so it seems really appropriate to me that it says it's called Chaye Sarah that even though it's about her death it's really that life is actually given meaning in the face of her death and I'm thinking about how um, Viktor Frankl talks about uh, how important it is to search for meaning in a meaningless situation. Uh, and that the meaning 
isn't something necessarily that's inherent within a difficult, horrible situation. It's actually something that you have to search for. It's something that you have to come up with after the fact. And, um, and that's our quest. And that's, and how can you, how, how can you rise up from the face of your dead, from the face of your mourning, from the face of being so stricken with terror and grief? The only way is to find meaning. Uh, and that's what that's what Viktor Frankl says. He actually quotes Friedrich Nietzsche, Nietzsche, who says that uh, somebody who has a why can withstand any how. Um, and that's really how he gets up. How does he how does he stand up? How does he get up again? Through his acquiring a why, through his contextualizing and creating meaning out of chaos, meaning out of a difficult situation. Um, and it might not always be easy, right? And, and uh, that's, my, that's my take on it. And sometimes that meaning doesn't need to be like so high and so deep. Like it's living a mitzvah-centered life. Like he was able to get that his job was to look for the next mitzvah, which was burying his dead. Um, I also just want to mention Isaac, in this parsha, he 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 goes out into the field. Like maybe he is talking to Sarah there, you know, in that time. Um, and then he he finds his beloved and and is comforted after the loss of his mom. So this whole parsha can be looked at as like how to grieve, how to move forward, how to integrate, how to find out that your loved ones are right there. They're part of this sort of angelic team that can guide you. Over to you, Rev. Charnet, to close our podcast for the day. Well, I hope this is a good closing because it's it's not an easy teaching I want to share. We have to remember that Sarah's death came after she had, according to the Midrash, after she had learned the news about Isaac's almost death. And Avraham would have been suffering a bit in the horror of what he almost did, even though it was connected to his faith in God. And Sarah absolutely was beyond able to, to integrate that. The suffering that both of them were experiencing was important. And the Eish Kodesh, uh, the, the Piyatsetzner Rebbe, um, who speaks in great deal about the suffering of suffering, talks about how one of the things of Sarah in her reaction to that almost death, that she was protesting against excessive suffering that with Avraham's chesed, he drew some of his chesed from his connection to his wife, but she had a good gavura. She had a good sense of creating boundaries. And she was saying, hey, God, there can be too much suffering. And in a way, she gave her life from that. And we can only hope that Avraham received from her, from the sustenance of that as he rose up, the ability to really begin to process that. So I would like to say, I hope that indeed Isaac was in a deep contemplative meditation on his mother, preparing himself to receive his new wife. I like to think that Avraham, as he uh, you know, visited that cave, was able, that cave, which is a doubling, 
um, um, which is in the word Makpelah, that he was able to connect with her. And we, we always feel like we have access to our loved ones after they have passed. Have a and great we week, bring, everybody. We bring their Torah, we bring their wisdom, we bring their, what you just said, out into the world. And that happens out of what we've just discussed. Thank you all so much for this beautiful discussion and I uh, wish everybody an amazing week. Take care.